Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Well, hello. Hope you're all well. Uh, I am fine for those that are listening. This is Brett back on the podcast after last week's episode. Now, I'm starting this intro on my own because we had a little bit of a technical hitch. Uh, or a glitch, or any other word that reminds with itch, like bitch. Basically, we um, only have Ed's audio track for the first 20 minutes or so of the podcast, which basically sounds like Ed's talking to himself. Um, he's not, he's talking to me. Unfortunately, doesn't have my audio, so it's unusable. The good news is, most of the stuff that we talked in the first 20 minutes was basically about me moaning about my holiday, basically saying about how much weight I'd put on, my experiment I'm having in terms of, um, in air quotes, intuitive, intuitive eating, not the clinical part, the basically the mindful part of eating what the hell you like, basically. Um, so I will probably touch on that another episode because it was probably some useful stuff to hear for, for some people. Some might argue otherwise, by the by. But um, most of it was probably just me ranting about people on sunbeds on holiday and uh, getting out a little too early for my liking to save the sunbed that they want. So without further ado, I will put up the second part, which does seem to have my audio, which I don't know why that is, but as I say, it's a technical bitch. So um, at least give you some value and something to listen to on a Monday morning because we couldn't afford to record it again. So I hope you at least enjoy what we do have to share with you. Um, and we hope it just doesn't happen next week. So enjoy. Well, exactly. Yeah. And I did say to him in the feedback, I was like, there's basically 200 kids in my hockey club at home. And um, I know well, more than 150. Uh, and I, I, I could probably tell you 90% of their names. Um, for the, like, and I obviously coach the kids. So, yeah. So Is that because their names, that. Is that names are like spanky? Banky, wanky, tanky. Langley. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, well, they've all got pet names. It's easy to remember. Is that what Alex says? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's hope this uh, doesn't get out to uh, any child protection people. Um, I don't know where you go with that, but I feel that we should swiftly move on. Yes, I think we'll have a bit of not too really. Um, we've been given a soft date for our house moving, so a um, couple of weeks, hopefully after he said he's going to try and push forward. So uh, I've started packing things. Alex hasn't. Um, but because she's got a few spare rooms in her house, so I've been moving my bits into her into like her spare study that they don't use. Um, so uh, and she's getting a bit annoyed now because I filled the room with all my stuff. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, so I'm pack- packing up my life into lots of little boxes. Um, yeah, so which is interesting. Yeah, well, that's one of those things where I think um, it's probably considered by most people the most stressful time. Um, one of the most stressful things you'll ever do moving house uh, obviously I've done it a few times and pff, it's a ball ache but it's nice once it's done like it's a massive relief and it's nice to have your own space and your own home and do it how you like and stuff so you'll love it mate you'll love it and you get your gym at home oh, okay. 
Hopefully, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I did find all my old. Do you remember the York Fitness weights where they yep. got that filled with cement yep. and uh, you screw them on and off? I did find a load of those in the bottom of my wardrobe, um, which I kind of forgot were in there. So I've got the makings of my own gym. Just yeah, the the, the weights aren't quite what uh, what they say they are. <laughs> so. hmm. Hmm. Anything else going on? Uh, no, not really. No, that's it, really. So, yeah, just house and hockey and, yeah, that's about it. Mm, okay. Well, uh, right. Well, we thought today's topic might be an interesting one, given, um, I think we alluded to at the start that uh, tomorrow, I don't know if you can state it, actually, whether it's pre-call, but we, we are doing a corporate talk to a large financial firm tomorrow. Um, and, obviously, we've kind of got, like, a... a yeah, a theme or topic um, and we thought it'd be useful to go through something that's kind of partly covered in the presentation that we're doing um, because I don't think we've ever really we might have done bits and pieces here and there but I don't think we've ever really done it as a as a topic or I never really heard anyone else talk necessarily about it because I guess the nutrition industry fitness industry and stuff is usually full of like specifics um, magic pills um, zealous claims Basically, just people, everyone wanting to have their own little niche or special thing, like my workout plan is the one that's the best or my dietary dietary strategy is the one that's the best or whatever. Um, so the topic that we kind of are going in is like, well, go on, mate. Hello? Oh, I didn't say a thing. I didn't say a thing. Oh, sorry. I thought you had something come up. Okay. Um, anyway, so, yeah, the, the, the topic itself, actually, I've got poor connection. Oh, Ed, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. Good, right, okay, sorry, my bad. I will get to what I was going to say. Uh, in terms of like content then, we want to speak about is there an optimal diet for health? Bum, bum, bum. So, yeah, I think we definitely talk about uh, optimising things for certain things, so whether it be building muscle, whether it be endurance or whatever. We've, we've spoken about that, but for kind of like health, which is what I suppose a lot of people want to know about, um, then, yeah, I, I don't think we've kind of really sort of dedicated an episode to it. Um, I mean, yeah. Go on. I was going to say, a lot of people, when we when we have our, our main nutrition Facebook group, uh, is a little like application thing to fill in that you have to fill in, basically, to get into the group. And a lot of people do on, on there. They say they just want to be healthy. Uh, yeah, so obviously yeah. people want to be healthy and not just shredded or huge or whatever. Yeah, so just to echo what you said, we've obviously put a lot of content about weight loss and a lot of content about um, gaining weight, muscle, whatever, training. But not so much about just kind of like, well, what what is the best diet or the healthiest diet? I suppose we haven't really done that. So that's what we're going to talk about today because that's partly what we'll be covering tomorrow in our presentations. So we thought it'd be useful just to kind of go over some of it as and use that as a bit of inspiration for today's topic. So um, this this reminds us of that actually. I remember doing um, a presentation before, and someone once told me that the cruciferous diet was the. He said, "Oh yeah, I know what the most healthy diet is—the cruciferous diet." And I was like, in honesty, thinking, "I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. What the fuck is the cruciferous diet?" Um, I then found out it was basically <laughs> only eating raw green veg, I believe, because obviously it's like cruciferous vegetables. Yeah. Wow. I was, really I, good for you. Yeah, I was immediately thinking, mm, um, now, I'm not an expert at the uh, cruciferous diet. Um, 
However, um, I kind of feel like with a little bit of critical thinking, that's probably not right. To get to definitely not. Yeah, yeah, and I think as we kind of go through this now and the bits we want to talk about, I think hopefully we'll uh, smash out why it's not going to be optimal for health. No, because I mean, like the cruciferous diet is like. So I've just googled it uh, just to get a list of basically cruciferous vegetables, um, and the list is basically you would live on arugula, bok choy, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, radish. Kind of thinking like it feels like, yes, there are some healthful things there. If you didn't eat anything else other than those, you'd be missing a few things. I mean, protein straight away. Yeah. I know, but there's so much protein in leafy greens. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of feel like that's maybe a case of people taking something that's good and saying like more is better and excluding everything else must be even better. You know, like only eat stuff that we know is really good for you is obviously a bit like vegans and vegetarians where, you know, they claim they are better uh, diets for health when in reality um, they're missing the wood through the trees slightly. And we'll probably cover this in some of the content about optimal diet for health. But um, yes, a vegan diet and a vegetarian diet can be healthy, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's more healthy than including stuff as well as having a kind of diet similar to a vegan and vegetarian might eat. So. Mm, absolutely. And I think... Uh... Yeah, uh, that's definitely something we've kind of spoken about before and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, hopefully we can kind of round this up into a nice, a nice little package. Yeah. So I mean, again, um, to, yeah. to to try and stay evidence based about this, um, it's difficult because, like, the research on like health and and the most helpful diet is really ambiguous. Mainly given that there's no real like direct clinical trials or research based on you know kind of like what what is the healthiest diet because it's just like too hard to do there's so many variables involved in kind of health and well-being that to kind of like actually do any science and studies behind it is is basically impossible so it that doesn't really leave us with a lot to to look at other than i guess one of the things that we often refer to and one of the best places to look is like well who lives the longest and we know that that's like, like you know there are certain um, ancestral groups that are uh, called the blue zones which have like the most amount or the highest percentage of centenarians so people living over 100 that's generally quite a good cross-section um, albeit it's like observational research because obviously you, again you can't really show what correlates because um, as I say it's multifaceted there's potentially loads of things that are affecting their health not just like kind of what they eat but it's a good like hint really on, on terms of like okay well how do these people eat what do they do Maybe if we do something similar, we might also live as long as they do. So, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are sort of like uh, I suppose undergrad undergraduate level studies out there saying, "Oh, the Mediterranean diet is like comparing diets to one one another for," but it's more in the specifics of weight loss and things like that. So, actually looking at right, okay, well, who is actually living the longest? Because to live long, you have to be healthy. Um, you know, I know you get the kind of, oh, my granny lived lived till she was 99 and she smoked 60 a day. Well, obviously, you're always going to get the, the, the one-offs and stuff. But if you're looking at populations of, right, okay, well, that population has, you know, a really good uh, uh, high death rate of, um, that's the wrong word, uh, 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 like being able to live longer and uh, uh, no uh, life expectancy, <laughs> a very good life expectancy. So that was what I was after. 
yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's that, that's kind of the best way of looking at it because you're not forcing anything. You're making, you know, you're not pigeonholing anything. Um, you are just saying, right, okay, well, you know, th- these people, all of them, live really, really. That's uh, a really good good age. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose, like, yeah, there are there is some research that shows obviously improved health using specific diets, but um, most of it is really consistent with, I guess. Like people losing weight as well, so it's really hard to extrapolate how much of like the improved health stuff is from people losing weight or from people, you know, following that specific diet. You know, like I think some of the intermittent fasting research is a prime example where you get people like fasting for two, three days a week, and they tend then not to to overeat on the days they're not fasting, so they lo- end up losing weight because they're obviously in a calorie deficit for the week because they don't they basically don't make up what they've uh, not eaten when they're fasted, and they see all these improved health markers in in humans, but you can't really say like is that because they fasted or is it because basically they lost some weight and that's kind of one of the same problems with a lot of the research that we show the different types of diets because they tend to be like well okay yeah yeah all these different things happened but they also lost weight so it might just be the losing weight which is what's really improving like the, the health markers that we, we kind of look at in terms of things like um diabetes coronary artery disease cardiovascular disease all the like blood markers and stuff that we would look at to kind of show some of those things yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, and it's well researched that losing weight increases your health markers yeah, astronomically um, and reduces your risk of you know most diseases uh, that are health related. So let's look at the blue zones. Um, like we said already, they have the highest con- concentration of centenarians. They also have the lowest, like some of the lowest disease rates, especially metabolic diseases. So things like diabetes, etc. Um, like most of them have zero like prevalence of diabetes at all. So compared to obviously up to the Western world, where I can't remember what the stats were now, but it's something outrageous. Like millions of people are walking around um, either pre or actually diabetic and not even diagnosed, don't even know it. That is a scary, scary like statistic. Um, yeah. So I guess like some of these things where like. That's where we probably, like, you know, people want to be. We want to kind of eat, eat more like these people in the blue zone to get to that point where, obviously, we're living longer and we have very low disease rates. That would be ideal. That would be ideal. So what? So what do typically these blue zones do, Edward? So the blue zones, they, um, they, they're not one extreme or another. They are uh, kind of they sort of almost sit in the middle, don't they, with things. So they don't eat a very sort of particular vegetarian diet or they don't overdo it on meat. They just eat um, some meat throughout the week, so two or three days throughout the week. They eat red meat, white meat, um, fish, eggs. Let me just interject slightly, as in across the blue zones, yes, there there is no like they all do this, they all do that. Obviously, there are some areas of the blue zones which I think is the Inuits that do like they do literally only eat like whale blubber. So they are pretty extreme, I would say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, they are uh, on the whole. On the whole, across across the the, the lot. Um, yeah, they, they, they are kind of more sort of um, the the yeah not well, not they're, they're, on it on anything. Yeah, the, like they, there isn't like one extreme dietary approach that they all do that is resulted in kind of like you know better health. Like some like the, like the Inuits have that. There are. Um, like a, a, the uh, Okinawa tribe, I think, like basically has a really high carbohydrate like diet. So the opposite of the Inuits, obviously Inuits are mainly like fat and protein. 
and they're very low protein but very high carbohydrates and there's obviously a mixture of different like tribes or groups across different parts of the world that are all considered in these blue zones where they do have like they are extreme diets in some of them in their own rights but obviously they aren't there isn't like one extreme thing that they all do which you can say well okay that's how we should be eating them because actually they're all very different like the inuits basically almost no fruit and vegetables because as i say they're living in the fucking ice somewhere and they're just living on whale captures so as, as an example mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah um and i think sort of a few more common themes across a lot of them there's, there's no overeating um the foods are sort of local to them as well so they're not importing food from all over the world to for them to eat it's all kind of grown or prepared and uh, or captured uh, within their kind of their area um yeah and they eat a lot of uh, well not all of them but uh, a lot of them eat lots of sort of grains and legumes and things like that obviously uh, you don't get uh, whale grain but uh, yeah not? well not that i'm aware of no. okay uh, maybe if you <laughs> Maybe if you grate them down. <laughs> yeah, well, I say I reckon it's pretty hard to grow wheat or any types of grains really in uh, in ice. So I've never tried, mind you, but I imagine it's pretty hard. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can't think I've ever seen on like Happy Feet or something like that with little plants growing out of the ice. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> so yeah, okay. I mean, we, we've kind of alluded or hinted already a few times anyway, but obviously, just bear in mind that. they're they're the common nutritional themes so there are some extreme kind of diets in those areas but they do have these common themes that you know like one of the biggest things like ed said there is they're not overeating so they are mostly pretty or pretty much all maintaining like energy balance and and maintaining a what we would consider healthy weight Um, but there are lots of other obviously confounding variables so um they're all pretty physical active they've got like a close uh, close knit community and you know like a family um type environment they've all got like high sun exposure low stress most some of them smoke but most of them, obviously there was no like real like um addictive smoking like like smoking 20 packs of cigarettes a day um and i suppose they all live like a sense of purpose for life so a lot of these confounding variables where you might argue that a lot of these things relate to their their health and not just the nutritional side um so, albeit obviously this nutritional podcast, we're trying to give out nutrition advice. It does just show you that lots of other things are important because obviously we know that obviously like the, the, what we got taught from NU, obviously that the multi facets of health are not just physical, but you've got psychological, emotional, economic, um, sociological. Um, <laughs> Good English. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So I guess like that's one of the things you want to just point out that obviously this research is still observational and not necessarily causative. But I do still feel that we can take a lot from it. Um, and I guess that kind of leaves us with like, well, the, the kind of like the optimal theme is, is almost like what most people would probably expect, um, but just don't do. Like basically a less westernized slash industrialized kind of like diet it's where you're kind of not eating too much sugars, you're not eating too much refined starches, low protein or processed foods. And obviously I use the word processed in terms of like what people would know as junk, but not necessarily, you know, like milk is processed as an example or your broccoli is processed by being chopped up and stuck in a bag like well, let's not get too 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 um anal about it you know we, we think people know what, what we mean by process less like reese's cups and more you know cauliflower cup type of thing um and then basically nothing extreme like no extreme like amounts of fats or processed fats um and this emphasis on whole grains and either with or without because obviously the 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 blue zones 
say with or without like meat, fish, poultry and stuff, because most of the meat, some form of animal products, whether it be meat, fish or whatever, um, like very few of them were vegetarians, I think, and I think there was zero vegans in the blue zones, which kind of what I said at the start of the podcast around like people claiming vegetarians and vegans being like the healthiest diets, that kind of puts to bed that a little bit. Like the people that actually live the longest are the people that aren't vegan and very few vegetarians. So I think that kind of gives you a bit of an idea that maybe that isn't the most healthiest thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And whether in 100 years' time things will change a little bit, who knows. But um, right now this is kind of what, what we know to be the, um, the the way that people are eating and living their life and, and are living their longest. So, But times change, I suppose. But uh, I won't be changing. No. I suppose all of that then is basically consistent with like don't eat too much food and eat mostly plants with some you know, animal products involved. So basically if you maintain a decent uh, body weight, you eat a reasonably varied diet of mostly things that grow on the ground or are animals, you're probably doing all right. I think from a health perspective, that's basically as scientific as we can get in terms of a, a specific theme of optimal eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit of this, it's a bit of that. Yeah. It's not going too crazy. No. So yeah, it's don't just... turn around and start eating whale blubber though. <laughs> Where would you get whale blubber from nowadays? Uh... Does Iceland sell it? Probably. <laughs> you just probably don't know it, but <laughs> it's probably named something else, isn't it? Just yeah. so... don't sue me, Iceland. It's your fault for serving up horse. All right. <laughs> wasn't that uh, IKEA? No. I know it was the uh, the, the lasagnas, wasn't it? Yeah. It was something. I think it was in Iceland. Again, they could sue me that now for defamation of no, <laughs> or, or libel. Basically, was it libel or was it? I don't remember if it's slander or libel. I can't remember which one's written, which one's spoken. But either way, don't sue me, please. It's yes. only jokes, only bants. Silly bants, all bants. Um, okay, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think you pretty much like smashed most of that there. Really, just kind of the actual sort of optimal side of things. Um, yeah, well, well covered it, well covered it. Yeah, it's hard because, like we said at the start, there's very little real um, usable or specific evidence on what is the best way of eating. You know, they, that it doesn't really exist. Like the stuff that we can lean to is the things like blue zones and like the the, the I suppose like the the modern dietary patterns and research that we have, like things like vegetarianism, veganism, clean eating, uh, gluten free, paleo, intermittent fasting, ketogenic, and name any other thing that people have studied and tried to show health benefits from. They do show some health benefits, but they all tend to conf- uh, confound weight loss and. You can't really say for definite that it's the eating pattern or it's the fact they just lose weight. And if it is the fact they just lose weight, then people should be picking a modern dietary pattern that suits their diet and suits their preference, so I should say, rather than diet, that suits them. Not like, oh, well, clean eating is the best, so I'm going to only eat clean. Well, if you don't like clean eating and you can't stick to it, it's not going to work. It's not going to make you healthier. You're not going to lose weight. Basically, find out something that is is going to be something that you're going to stick to, and not something that you're just going to force like down your throat and not enjoy it. Because as we say, adherence is the number one predictor of success for any type of diet. Probably the same could be said for any type of weight maintenance. I would say, because um, basically, if you can't stick to uh, an, a diet that's in energy balance, as in maintaining a healthy weight. Um, you're probably just going to eat stuff that tastes really, really nice and they are the things that are very, very high in calories and cause us to overeat, hence the obesity epidemic. So probably not ideal. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think if we take all that on board and just think about the optimal side of the food thing um, and then obviously 
bear in mind the things that we, we've spoken about a lot on the podcast before. So looking at things like energy balance. Um, so we're talking about eating, um, you know, basically don't eat like an ass. Um, either way of uh, anything too uh, too crazy on any, on any end of the spectrum is just saying, you know, you don't have to pigeonhole yourself just down this one route, but also if you are going to then eat optimally, so you are eating lots of veggies, you're eating bits of um, animal products and stuff like that, you've also got to bear in mind energy balance. So if you're eating that, but you're eating, um, you know, 10,000 calories of it a day, uh, it's it's going to be harder because of the uh, the, the macronutrient uh, density of, of these foods. Um, but you've still got to bear in mind energy balance um, and, um, yeah, and kind of the, the, the micronutrient density of things as well. Um, because if you, if you don't, then you will still kind of, you know, although you might have some uh, more micronutrition in your diet and you, you know, you get some more vitamins and minerals, uh, uh, but if you're still, still overweight, you're still overweight. So, Correct. True. Right. Um, sorry, I'm just eating something. Um, <laughs> I think we're done there. I think we smashed that. Um, let's not make it a really long podcast. I would like to move on to um, our, our feature of the day, our good product, bad product. I can't wait. Um, can you see that? Yes. Oh, okay. So this came up in one of our Facebook groups. Oh, of weeks. Yeah, you've got a head start now, haven't you? <laughs> so I think it depends who's asking the question. Uh, okay, this is a Blend Bros sugar-free peri-peri sauce. Four calories per serving. What's the serving? Teaspoon? 15 mils, which 15 mils. is probably about a teaspoon. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, peri- it's a sugar-free peri-peri sauce, very low calorie. Pretty low calorie. I think you have, I think from memory, 50 mils of, say, a reduced sugar ketchup is about 10, I think. Okay. So it's so, half of a reduced sugar ketchup. So pretty, pretty good in terms of, like, mm. I mean, like four calories for a tablespoon, especially if you're, I mean, obviously, I guess many people would have more than a tablespoon, oh, sorry, a teaspoon or a tablespoon. <coughs> Excuse me. However, next one, can you see that? Oh, is blurry, uh, blurry, 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 blurry. There we go. So it's Tesco, mocha peanut and dark chocolate mix. So it's like a trail mix, but chocolatey. Uh, I suppose you could call it a bit of a trail mix. It's just basically like a peanuts, chocolate peanuts, normal peanuts. And it's got like malt balls covered in uh, a chocolate cappuccino coating. Okay. And, and little dark chocolate chips as well, I think. But the fact that I was eating them gives it away. <laughs> I was going to say, one, from, from what I've seen in your, on your opinion in our Facebook group, uh, one of our client ones, the Peri Peri sauce was not your favourite thing in the world, although one of the clients that is in there, um, she did enjoy it. Uh, and the fact that you're scoffing the nuts, and nuts are generally pretty good. Um, he's scoffing those nuts. He's got a mouthful of nuts. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming they are, uh, they're, they're, they're the good products. Um, you, I'm just going to skip straight to it, mate, and say, yes, these things are fucking, excuse my French, but I think it's warranted an F word, amazing. But basically, I would recommend nobody buys them, because if you do, you will consume probably I mean, uh, all 1,700 calories per bag in one go. Nice. Now, bear in mind, like, Ed, I don't know if you can see in the bag. 
they are pretty much mostly gone. And it wasn't all yeah. me. It wasn't all me. Very much important this morning. So you've had at least thousand calories on. No, well, probably six, seven hundred, maybe. I reckon I'll probably eat in at least a third of a bag, over a third of a bag. So I did say, mate, I've been binging. I can't help it. Um, <laughs> the sugar-free sauce stuff. Mm, I'm sorry, Susan, but not a fan. Is, is, is it going to Piri Piri flavour too? No, it's weird. It doesn't even taste like Piri Piri. And the problem is I'm probably basing it like on a Nando sauce. There's nothing like a Nando sauce. One, I guess for it to be low calorie, it is a... I'll try to look at the um, ingredients. But it's kind of like almost a, a gelatin base. If, I, if that's any way I can describe it, it's sort of kind of like a bit... Yeah, a bit like not... Oh, I don't know. I can't describe it. It's a bit like... You know that like you get these... Um, low calorie salad dressings and they're a bit like jelly like wet like yeah. jelly they're, it's a little bit like that um, but not I made it sound worse than it is I think but also like it's quite garlicky and less piri piri it's like it's weird like Szechuan-y garlicky sort of smell and I don't really like it and that kind of tastes like that as well so sorry blend bros not for me um, what I will say though is the barbecue sauce was lovely um, and that was also four calories per serving, so I would definitely buy that. Um, and what was the other one? I had sweet chili, and that was okay. Sweet chili, I would probably, I'd have it again. Would I spend my own money on it? Probably not. But um, I definitely wouldn't be buying this Piri Piri again. Cool. Well, so buy the barbecue, don't buy the Piri Piri. Buy the nuts, or don't buy the nuts because you don't have to eat them all. Yeah, don't buy the nuts if you want to diet. If you're bulking, by all means, go for it. Smash them. Smash them because they are. Be General consensus with any nuts, whether they're covered in chocks or not. Um, yeah, true. Um, anything like that is literally like my kryptonite, which goes along the lines of everything Stephen Guinea teaches in terms of what are what we crave: sweet, salty, high fat, high carb, um, protein. Yeah, high calorie. Everything that we uh, is causing the obesity epidemic. Pretty much. Yeah. So that uh, shouldn't be fitting in our optimal diet that we have. Spent 20 minutes speaking about. No, but I think if you ate less, like basically if you ate like ro like normal nuts, like roasted nuts that weren't covered in salt um, or like, yeah, covered in salt, I think you could probably get away with eating fewer and having less cravings for them. Just the, these things obviously that like, are covered in salt and then sweet chocolate and stuff. They're just killer. That mixture is just literally like crack cocaine. <laughs> crack cocaine for the hungry man. It's that addictive. I'm going to have to try them. I'm going to have to try them. Well, Bring them with you tomorrow. Uh, they'll be gone, mate. There's no <laughs> way that they're going to survive tomorrow morning. No chance. <laughs> However, we will so, be smashing a nice burger, I assume. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'll let you pick the burger, Joe. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure we can find a few good ones. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, hopefully bump into Johnny as well. Let's hope so. Right, on that note, let's say adios and au revoir and see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.